Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Come on, can we give God a praise offering right now for being so good to us this morning? Amen. Don't miss that. Going to be kicking off a brand new series. Turn, turn around and tell your neighbor and say, you need to be there. Come on, tell them. Say, you need to be there. Amen. I'm excited about that. But I just want to welcome you one more time to Faith Your New Church this morning. I'm so glad that you're here. And if this is your first time, maybe it's been a while since you've worshiped with us at Faith Your New. Just glad you're here. All those who are joining us this morning on our online family as well, welcome to Faith Your New. So thankful God has connected you to us this morning. But can we let our first time guests know we love them? Would you put your hands together? Amen. 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 I know this is a big travel week. And man, what a beautiful group of folks this morning. What a great crowd. Again, Thank you for being here. If you, if you are new, make sure you stop by Connections. We'd love to connect with you and say hello to you. And that's from this area to my right, so please stop by. And again, Church Center app, man, I know we push out a lot, but a lot of great things happen, and that's how you stay connected. This afternoon, uh, having our faith track, if you want to become a member, learn more about Faith Renew, that's how you do it. So if you have not yet registered, that is still open. Do that again this morning so we know you're coming and be able to prepare for that. But it's going to be a good time. Amen. Well, who brought a Bible to church? Come on. Amen. Anybody? Anybody? I love it. I love seeing them. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. Come on. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell your neighbors, I'll race you. Amen. I like that. I like, I like challenges. <clears throat> yeah, I'll race you there. Amen. And as you turn there, I will mention that we have the Version Bible app live event taking place. Um, and so if you are a Version Bible app user, just click more, then events, and um, you'll be able to find that. Amen. But Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, again, just a lot of exciting things. If you've registered, uh, again, that registration is closed. But if you register for our, our uh, 4th of July event, don't forget bring lawn chairs and if you want to throw some fireworks in the mix, uh, you know, we'll have some. If you want to do that, it's going to be a good time. So, again, don't miss that as well. But uh, as you turn again, Nehemiah chapter 1, I want to read verses 1 through 4 as our kind of foundation. But this is the book we will hang out in. So uh, you don't have to close that after this passage. We're going to stay in Nehemiah, kind of give an overview as, as we look at the story of Nehemiah and also how that could connect to prayer, our prayer life. And so it says this in verse 1. It says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah. It's not like the opening of the Lord of the Rings or something, does it not? <clears throat> Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, came to... Yeah, I mean, that's just... That, I don't know why. That, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, let's get better reading. All right. And, and, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. Verse 3, and they said to me, the survivors who were left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting 
and praying. Somebody say fasting and praying. Whew, say it one more time. Fasting and praying. I've been doing that around here. Fasting and praying before the God of heaven. We'll pause there and then we'll pray. So would you join me in this prayer and as we uh, pray for this last time during this When You Pray series together? Would you join me? So Father, we love you and we just thank you, Lord, for all that you have done in this series, Lord, all that you're doing right now, all that you will continue to do in this house and in this body and in this family. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, again for all your blessings. In Jesus' name, would you say it? Amen, amen, amen. We have been in a series now for six months, amen, not six messages, six months of a series called When You Pray, and uh, I tell you, man, it has been for me, if not for you, it's been for me, man, a blessing and just to be able to dig into the Word of God, look at the the messages throughout Scripture and understand the importance of prayer. So we've been doing that a lot. We've been digging in, going hard, looking at prayer. And uh, I posted this week that this was the final message. And so I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. We're going to revisit this subject of prayer around here often. I just promise you that because, again, the importance of it. God has shown me more than ever the need for that in my personal life. And so, again, I hope you've been getting from, you know, from that you know, kind of desire and push yourself to spend more time with the Lord. And um, today I want to do this as we kind of conclude the message, include the series today. Uh, I, I paused, if you'd even notice, I paused and stopped before I even read the prayer that Nehemiah started and prayed. Um, I, I did that for a reason. Uh, today I, we're not going to so much just focus on a, a prayer that was prayed in Scripture. Uh, we're not just going to kind of look at a certain prayer model or one of those things today. I, I want to look at today in closing what I feel like in the book of Nehemiah paints a, I mean, an incredible picture of the process of prayer, what it looks like, how it starts, the journey that happens during a prayer life, and, and, and getting to the place to where you see that prayer answered. And now, again, so I, I want to today, again, try to, so while I've been thinking, like, how do you close this thing out? I really feel like this is a kind of a great picture of what this whole prayer life looks like and what can happen on the journey. So again, I, I love this. And, and Nehemiah, his word means the Lord comforts. And I was like, man, that's a cool thing, man. To just like, and I was like, man, that's what prayer does. Prayer comforts you. And so what a great way, again, to kind of bring this all together. But if you don't know the backstory of it, this before Nehemiah is making this statement, it is the children of Israel, the children of, of, of God's chosen people were led back to Jerusalem, had began to rebuild a life there in Jerusalem. And while they were there, uh, the wall that had been torn down, the wall that brought protection to them had been, had been had torn down. The gates had been burned. And it was an open door to the enemy. I mean, I guess the last thing you want to do is open a door up to the enemy. Amen. Because he will come in. I promise you he will come in. And so, again, they find themselves in that position. And so Nehemiah does this. He asked somebody who was, like, coming through town. He asked them, he's like, man, how are things going? What, what's happening? And they share with him, tell with him the story, and, and, and he, they let him know that this wall is laying on the ground. Now, it does something to Nehemiah, and it should do something to us. When we see the state of our nation, it should do something to us. 
When we, when we see the state of families, when we, see, when we see areas where the enemy has access, it should do something to, to us. It should stir our hearts. Amen. It, it should stir our hearts more than just post about it. It should stir our hearts to a place of prayer. It should stir our hearts to get up and do something about that situation and not just complain about it, but to get up and make an effort to stop the enemy who is kind of coming and invade. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise right there because he's calling us to do that. And I love it because I believe this. I believe this is what prayer does. Now, as I was putting this together, I really felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of spoke and said there are some areas in the lives of people in this church that need to be rebuilt. And God's going to show us today as we look at this word, he's going to let us see kind of how this works and what this looks like. So if today it is a rebuilding process for you, Maybe it's a building process for you because this is what's true also. I love this about this church, new believers here. People have come in, given their life to Christ. We're going to be celebrating baptism in a few weeks. Again, so again, make sure you sign up for that. And so again, it is incredible. But for each of us, whether it's a rebuilding process or you're in the building game right now trying to figure this thing out, today we're going to look at today a great process in the book of Nehemiah that I believe paints a great picture. So first of all, we see this. Number one, we have to do this. We have to pray first. Amen. Come on. We have to pray first. That has been a push since the beginning of the series. That, I mean, like day one, like we came out of the gate, like saying, man, we want to start doing this thing called prayer first. I know a lot of times it's a last resort, but it's, it should be something that we go to God with first. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I want to live my life this way. I don't want to try to do everything I can do and then pray about it at the end. I don't want to live that way. I, I, I want to pray first. And so, again, this is what we see Nehemiah doing. Like, he hears the tragic news. He looks at what's happening around him. And he does this, man. He prays first. A lot would change if we prayed first. I'm not even talking, pray before anything else. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing that again. It's just something that's helped me. Maybe this series was for Terry Rogers and that was for no, but man, I, I start the day in prayer, start the week in prayer, start your life in prayer and watch what would happen. So many things would shift if we just prayed first. Amen. And so this is what we see. I want to read verses three and four again, real quick. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity and the providence are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and the gates and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Now he sets a, he sets a precedent. He, he starts something here in his life. He doesn't just pray a one and done prayer. So you have to kind of like to, to, you'd have to read a lot of this, study it out to figure this out. But this, this is what happens. In, in chapter 1, verse 1, it says he started the prayer at the beginning of Chislev. And, uh, and, and then it's, it's not until chapter 2, verse 1, that we see it was in the time of the month of Nisan that we see the answer come and the, and the, and the, and the kickoff. If you don't know, that is four and a half months. Four and a half months that he's praying about something before he gets the direction that he needs to move forward. And so if you're wondering, how long should I pray about something? We need to pray about it until we get an answer. 
Amen. That's what I want, I want you to do. I, I want us to grab that from this. We want to pray till we get an answer. So again, start praying daily for stuff. I've, I've seen God do things in my personal life during this series, and then I celebrate and thank him, and then I'll start praying for the next level. That's how you get to the next level. Amen. You celebrate the one that you're on, and then you start praying and asking God to do it again. Take me to the next. Glory to glory. Amen. And I, I'm, I'm going to get glory to glory till I get in the presence of the glory of God, and I see him face to face. Amen. And so this is so cool. So he does this. He looks at this. He recognizes the need. And then he, the Bible says that he weeps and he mourns. And what that looks like for him is this. It's just a time of prayer and fasting before the Lord, and he goes after God. And this is, I don't, I don't know if you look at this world to see how broken it is. But, man, it is messed up. And it should cause us to pray. It should cause us to mourn. It should cause us to fast. It should cause us to go after God in prayer and look at this. I, and, and I also, I truly believe this. I was having a conversation via technology with one of the brothers here. Sent me a kind of a, it was a video about the tragedy that's kind of that we're facing in a world right now. And it was, a lot of it was prophesied, it was spoken, and, and, and some of these things that we're seeing happening, some of the things that are going on around us were spoken of. And we talked about it, you know, and I was like, man, you know, it's so true. But I said, you know, it's also at the same time that that's taking place, there's also a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's a great release of the power of God and the presence of God, and sons and daughters are rising up and prophesying, and God's doing something in our nation also. And so again, we look at the brokenness of the world, pray about it, but then we pursue the heart of God that's going to bring the answer to that. And Nehemiah does this. He does that at very exact thing. So he does it like this. And I want to do it this way. Pray first. If you don't get anything else out of this series, and I, man, I hope you've gotten so much more, pray before you do anything else. Before you, before anything else, pray first. And this is why we pray. Because God really cares about us. He really cares about our life. And the Bible talks about casting cares on him. Why do we cast cares on him? Because he cares for us. He, he desires to, for us to pour that out upon him. And this is what I've seen. I've seen it, man, over and over. When you, when you just give that to him in prayer, man, he begins to move in our life. So the prayer, again, the, the answer, what do we do when we see the tragedy? We pray before we do anything else. And I don't want you to see your situation as, as small. Definitely don't see it too big for God, but don't, don't see it too small for God. Don't see it something that you don't, you, you, I can work this one. I'm not going to bother him today. I don't, I don't want you to do it that way. I, I love this. A British evangelist, G. Campbell Morgan, having a conversation with a lady. And uh, she was told him, she says, I only take small things to God because I don't want to worry him with the big ones. And this was his reply. Lady, anything you bring to God is small. Do you see God? I'm telling you, man, this, <clears throat> this, has, this has changed my perspective of how I look at him and see him. And I'm telling you, when we go into this next series called Jehovah, we're going to be looking at the covenant names of God. And I believe and I pray that it's going to change your view of him. And, and that's going to change your view and understanding of yourself and your life and all the things that he wants to do in you. And so, again, this is what we want to do. We don't want to see anything as like, man, this is too small, too big for God. Everything to him is small. 
every situation. I'm talking about the big problem in your life is small compared to what God could do in it. Amen. And so, again, every situation. So we go pray before we do anything else. Pray first. This series is going to end, but what are we going to keep doing? Praying. Amen. Y'all are so good at this thing. It took us six months. Well, I'm there. We're finally there. Amen. So tell your neighbor one more time. Say, pray first. Amen. Amen. Pray first. Secondly, we do this. We take action. We take action. Like that we we play a part. Now, last week I taught about praying bigger prayers, praying prayers again that are that it's going to take God showing up. It's things that we can't do. If we, if we can we can pray and then we can provide the answer, we didn't pray big enough. Amen. And so again, I want us to pray bigger. But then once we pray, our next step is when we get the direction that God gives us, and it's what God gives to Nehemiah. This is what we do. We take action. Faith without works is dead. I mean, so like, so we want to pray about it, have faith, and then get up and do what God says to do. Not do his job for him, but do the job he's called us to do. Amen. Do the work that he has called us to do. And so, again, what is that? It's prayer and fasting, first of all. It's seeking God and praying after him, but it is also taking any other action step. And so I, I love how Nehemiah does it. He like he gets this call from the Lord. He gets the vision that God places upon his heart. And then he begins to cast that vision to those who can help him make that happen. Man, that is, that is incredible. Like He sees the distress. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17. Then, then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. What are we going to do about it? Post about it on Facebook and say, man, our gates are burnt down and this country screwed up. Post about it. Felt conviction in the room, all right? And I, just, I just did. So, all right, it's all good. Post about it because it brings awareness, uses whatever you can use. But come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem. The post was to get people's attention and say, now let's go to work. The call to bring together the use of the social media, the use of anything that we've been given is to bring the awareness of it so that we can go do it. So come, he said, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. So he gets this vision aside of him. He begins to cast it around and give that to others. And he begins to get them on board for what he's going to do. And, man, we have to see how critical. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't know if you see how critical of the time we're in right now and how I, that this, everything that we've been in, man, has been in a right now time for where we're at as a nation. But we see how critical it is. And he sees this. And he says in verse 18, chapter 2, And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he has spoken to me. So they said, let us rise and build. Dude, I love it, man. Let us rise and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. They set their hands to get this good work. You know, this is, this is, this is something that we need to see. Like, man, God is calling each of us to be a part of this rebuilding process. 
He's calling every person. And I'm telling you, man, we don't retire from doing God's work. And we're not too young to start it. So like I mean today, we need every group. We need every age group. We need every people group. We need every social staff. We need every one of us today to be a part of this. And so I love it, man. He gets up rallies of troops. And they didn't just say, yeah. Man, they went to work. They went to work for this thing, man. They begin to go after it. Chapter 3, I love it. It actually says in verse 12, it actually says that, man, even the daughters got involved. But think about this, man. Every, I mean, every person playing a part in this process of what God's calling us to do. Every ministry. Like, man, VBS, if you're not a part of that ministry, jumping in, serving next week. And not serving in an area of the church. Everyone is critical. Everyone is valuable. Amen? Because this is a need. This is what we have to see. It takes all of us at work because as we drop down, man, in Nehemiah, there's a lot to talk about, but I'm going to go fast. Chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, Therefore I position men behind the lower parts of the wall. Whew. At the openings. And I set the people according to their families with their swords. Have you ever done, do you visualize this stuff? Oh, man, I hope, when you read the Bible, you like see it kind of happening. Oh, man. I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, their bows. Come on. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. And so it was from that time on that half of my service worked the construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor. And the leaders were behind the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves. Oh, get this. So that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. I'm telling you, I love this story. If you don't know that, if you haven't picked up on that yet, I, this is one of my, I, I love this story. This is just so stinking cool. Do you see in this, this is the process of our prayer life. This is what happens. He calls us to pray. We go to action. And then what we're called to be in the process is a worker and a warrior. Amen. Not a worker and a warrior. Amen. A worker and a warrior. Like, man, that this is what the, for us in our prayer life, this is what it looks like. Well, what God's called us to do is going to be a part of building and battling. I think we separate those two way too often in the church. I don't want to upset nobody, but I just want, I, want, I got to, I got to, I got to just be honest what I feel like God's saying in this. I feel like a lot of times, like, well, I'm the prayer warrior. I'm the intercessor. I'm the, I'm, I'm, you know, and again, yes, you are. You know, God specifically gifts people and calls them, puts that burden on their heart to pray and intercede where a lot of times others struggle maybe in that area. And so, again, if that's what God's called you to do, like, man, do it with everything that's within you. Go hard. And I think a lot of times people are like, man, I can't really pray. I don't, I don't have that. If I can serve over here, I can do this. 
I can work like over in this ministry. And I wish I was spiritual enough to do what they did. I wish I was spiritual enough to do what they did. And I want you to understand something. God's calling us, each of us, to do both. I'm tell, it's both. And I think a lot of times, even in the body of Christ, we've looked at it. Well, this is part of that body that does this. This is part of that body. Not according to when God puts us in a situation, and, man, there is a great and a heavy need. Like, man, we're in right now as a nation. When we see tragedy and we see some of the things that are happening, we don't leave what God has called us to do and calling the body as a whole to do to somebody else. We jump in and we do both. I knew I was going to make people mad. It's all right, y'all. <clears throat> y'all got to forgive me. The Bible says to. Amen. But like we, we have to do both. Like, man, a worker and a warrior. A, 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 a builder and a battle. Like one hand, man, see yourself building for the kingdom. Like if you're saying, like, man, my prayer is that, it is. If you're saying, man, my servant is that, it is. But, man, see the need, and there's going to be times where you're going to find yourself in the prayer process, and when you're doing what God's going to call called you to do, there's going to be some times, man, where you put one in front of the other. And you know, there's going to be times, there's going to be situations where you're going to be able to work, build, and grow, and do things. It's going to be awesome. But, man, if you're not ready for when the, that, that, that issue comes or when the enemy comes at you, you're not going to be able to ward that off. And so, again, I, again, I love this story. We're called. This is not either or. It's both and. And so, man, we build and we battle together. We go after this thing for the kingdom. Man, this is so important. So we pray first. First, we take action. We go to work, and this is what happens when we take action. We face opposition. It just, if, if you have not already discovered that, I believe if you've been saved more than two minutes, amen, you, you've probably realized that, man, the enemy hates you, and he's out to destroy what God is doing in you. And, man, when he calls you to build something great like he called Nehemiah to do, you're going to face opposition, and there's going to be things come against you. Everybody's not going to believe in your dream. Everybody's not going to get behind your vision and support you and say amen when you tell them God's called you to do something great. Some people are going to look at you strange. But when that happens, man, and when, when there's opposition and those things come and we face that, you got to recognize and be ready, again, to know which weapon or which tool you need to pull forward in that process. Again, because, again, he's called us to do something great. So when Nehemiah cast this vision to the people, cause them to build this great wall, come back and get back to work, go for the kingdom and go after this. I'm going to try to do it quickly, but look how much opposition they get faced with. I mean, there's so many different levels. And I'm telling you, you'll see this in your, in your prayer life. You'll see this in your journey. Each of these things unfolding and in your life if you walk with the Lord. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6. So we built the wall. An entire wall was joined together up to half its height. Oh, man. Oh, we're halfway there. Amen. And it's living on a prayer. That's what they were doing. Amen. Uh, and, and so, again, up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. How did this happen? They renewed their minds, set their mind to work, got, to, got busy for the kingdom. And, man, as this is what happens. Again, they set their mind to work. And as they're working... Many attacks and arrows begin to come their way, not just physical attacks. There's so many ways that the enemy comes against them. And let's, let's look. Again, this is a great backdrop. Verse 1, we see how this unfolded there in chapter 4. But it so happened that when Samballot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. 
This is what you're just going to find. If you're, right, if, if you're a quiet Christian, you're not going to face this. If you're a quiet Christian, you wanna, you're not going to face this. And, and I'm not talking to you, but for those who are, who, are, who are serious about doing something great for the kingdom, there will be times when you will be mocked for your faith. I've had this. I've seen this since I was in school, through jobs. Hopefully not now. I hope you all love me. And, and, but just, I mean, through career. I, I've seen this at so many different stages. And, I, and this is the truth. When I was quiet, not a word was said. But when I did something radical, when I was going after God, when I was doing things that did not make sense, man, mockings happen, man. But don't stop when that comes. Keep going. Secondly, we see this. Discouragement came in. Verse, verse 10. It said, then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. There is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Mocking was coming from the outside. Discouragement was happening from within. And what, again, this is something you got to recognize and see. And again, watch how sometimes that can happen in your life. Man, people will come in, people that you know and love, sometimes they'll discourage you in this thing. Like, man, we can't do this. We're not going to be able to make this again. But don't quit. Because, again, your decisions, they don't just affect you. They're, your decisions don't just affect you. I, I love, the, love what he was saying. We're going to fight for our kids. We're going to fight for our children. We're going to fight for our grandchildren. We're going, to, we're going to fight for the next generation. And, man, again, they kept fighting. Verse 11, though, this is what was coming their way still, threats. Nehemiah 4.11, and our adversaries said, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause the work to cease. That's threats. But you know something, man? Those guys were building and battling. They had a tool and a weapon. Bring it. Amen. And so, again, whatever it is that you need from the Lord, man, when we walk these things out, man, watch what he'll do. So, again, hold your tool up. Hold your weapon up. We know this today. The armor of God is that for us. Amen. We have those things. Put them in place. Use them. In the armor, you see the offense and the defense. And so, again, use those things. Man, again, so many things happening here. Threats, discouragement, mocking, all those things. Lastly, we see this deception. The enemy is a deceiver. He'll try to pull you off your call, pull you off the wall that God has placed you upon. Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Samballot, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. Look out. Though he had not yet set up the doors and the gates, so still interest, still access, was not finished yet. So Samballot and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me. Uh, man, you know, you got, that's a spiritual vision that you got to have, and you got to see that. Some people are like, man, come hang with me. I'm on. Just... Come hang with me and, and just c- come, come home. Just, just hang out, man. We're not, we're not going to, it's not going to be, we're just going to go away, hang out. Just be very careful of that. I mean, like you got to, you got to guard against that. So again, they're like, man, come hang. But he realized they were plotting to harm me. And again, and, and sometimes, listen, you got to recognize this. It may not be them plotting to harm you, but being in that situation can. 
That was for me. You, somebody. That was, that was, that was for us. Amen. So again, so I realized they, they were sending this me- so I So I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work. So I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with Joel Crack? Why should I come and be met? Why? No, this is like, you got to catch it. Meet me where? What was the word? Quiz, Bible quiz. Meet me where? Where do you want to meet him? <clears throat> we just read it. Oh, no, there you go. Come on, thank you, Pastor Bill. Pastor Bill was listening. Amen. What, meet me in, oh, no. How more clear can this be like? So it's, it's going, some of y'all are going to get it when you get home. Oh, I knew what the pastor was just saying. That may, okay, no, but what, meet me. Oh, no. That needs to be your response when the enemy tries to pull you off the wall. Oh, no. Amen. Like when that guy tries to call you up for that, that hook, when, when the girl's trying to come after you and mess you and pull you up. No. Oh, no. You're not going to call me that. When, when this world is trying to bombard our children, when they're trying to come against our kids and push agendas and come against them, we're saying, oh, no, you're not bringing that against my kids because I'm going to pray first. I'm I'm going to put some stuff into action. And even in the face of opposition, I will not stop. Oh, no, devil. You're not coming against my family. You, you will not have this church. You will not have this body. Oh, no. Amen. So I'm telling you, in the middle of opposition, you've got to say, oh, no, you're not bringing that up in here. Don't compromise. Don't compromise your standards. I'm telling you, when you hear something God's placed in you and you read something in the Bible, don't compromise that. I don't care how many's doing it. I do not care. I don't care who's doing it. I don't care what place of level of influence they have. It does not matter. If it goes against our word, it goes against our standards, it goes against what is true, and oh no, I refuse to go there. So again, in the middle of the opposition, you're going to face it in prayer. You're going to see it. I'm telling you, it's going to come at you. It's going to happen. It's just what takes place when you go after God. Man, pray first. And I'm talking about, man, like, don't stop until you start getting answers. I, I, this is, one of, again, one of the things that we've been doing this for is so that you hear from God. Why don't I want you to pray? I want you to hear from him. I love and I believe God places people in positions of pastors and leaders and to give corporate words to the body of Christ. But man, listen, that's not a replacement for the word of God that he gives you. What he speaks to your heart, what he does in you individually, every person in this room. So we pray, man, we do it first. We take action. Not just I'm going to pray about it, but not when he puts it in my heart, shows me what to do. I'm going to take action. And in the middle, in the face of opposition, I will not stop. The mocking can come. Deception can come. Trickery, whatever it is that they want to bring, deception will not stop me from the call that God has placed upon me. So again, we do this. And when we do this, fourthly, this is what this brings us to. It brings us to the place to where we win. I'm just, I'm just, one of the things that I have, I, I hope that you're experiencing, my prayer is this, that you've been experiencing victory after victory over these last six months. My prayer.
And again, if you look back, if you have intensified your prayer life, deception has come. Trips, traps have come. Enemies have come. Somebody's like, man, it's been a spiritual warfare happening. Spiritual battles taking place. Why? Because, man, we've been going after him. What is the church he's calling us to do? To keep going to the next level of glory. To keep pursuing him. But this is the result. This is what happens when we do this. When we pray. When we go after him. Not, don't quit. We win. And I'm going to say this. And I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know if that's true. It's true. When we pray, we win every time. It's, it's a, I just I say the scripture. When we pray, we win Every time I said to this, uh, I said this earlier to you in this series. I hope you remember it. This is a good reminder for us. The win of prayer is time spent with the Lord. That's the win. That's the victory of prayer. But that's not all God wants to do. That's that. It's not just so that when you can all say when it's all said nice. I mean, I got to hang out with him today. That's the greatest. That's the greatest victory. That's the greatest win you can have is to be able to say, man, I got to hang out with the creator of the universe today. Man, that is, that's cool to think about. Oh, man, that I got to spend time with him tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. If you're free, come hang out. Do it at home, wherever. But just start your damn prayer. Like, I'm going to get to start my week. I'm going to get to start my, 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 my day talking to the creator. That's the win of prayer. But I want you to see something about the win that we're speaking of here. It doesn't end there. God had called him to do something great. The people of God had gathered around him and they were rebuilding something that had been torn down. And they did this, and this is, this is a miracle, what happens here. And this is truly a miracle. And I started praying, you know, we've got to start praying this way for the addition we're wanting to do on the side of the building out here. We want to, if you don't know, we're going to build a very cool covered shelter. It's going to be housed for some picnic areas, for outdoor greeting Outdoor event. It's going to be super cool if you haven't heard that yet. We're going to be talking more about that. But I'm like, I, I, I was like, man, Lord, hit me. I, was like, I said, man, I need to start praying the Nehemiah anointing on that, that building. It, it's taking longer to get a permit from, from Malden City. <laughs> Some of y'all know. It, it's taking longer for us to get a permit from Malden City than to get this, get this going. So I'm like, wait a minute. We, start, we ain't praying the right way for this thing. And so it just hit me when I got to start praying differently about this. But th- this is what happens when people pray. We go after God, and he, he, he begins to move. This is so cool. He was faithful through it all. And that's what I want you to be able to say. It's faithful. He was faithful. I didn't stop. Didn't quit. Because in verse 15 of Nehemiah chapter 6, as our worship team comes, so the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elah in 52 days. Mike, you're a builder, bro. You know what it takes to get something done, man. I mean, like, this is the miraculous happening. And it happened that when all of our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. For they perceived that this work was done by our God. And this is what I want. If you would stand with me, please. I I want us again to to be able to, when it's all said and done, to what God's going to do. I don't want us to be able to look back 
and be able to explain it. I don't, I, I don't want us to be able to look back and be able to explain what has happened other than saying, look what the Lord has done. Look what God has done. Now, archaeologists have found remnants of this wall. It took them years to find this. But they say they believe they found it, and they say there's some of the walls from 7 to 15 feet thick. I'm just, I like, and this was done in 52 days without the things that we have today. How? People prayed. People asked God's hand to be upon it before anything else. And then they said this, Lord, what do I need to do? They took action and went to work for the kingdom. And in the face of opposition and threats and mocking, discouragement, deception, they said, I will not stop. I will not quit. And the hand of the Lord shows up and moves, and the enemy has to look and say, man, look what the Lord has done. Look what he has done. This is my encouragement to us. As we end the series that we've been in for six months, stay on the wall. Stay on your knees. Stay in prayer. Don't come down because this this is what's going to happen. As you're called to do something great for him, all these things are going to come. But you know what to do. In one hand, in one hand a tool, one hand a weapon. Have what God needs to give me and use me for it. He's, He's placed it within my hands. Stay on the wall. I want us to close this way. First of all, just if you would bow your heads, close your eyes if you don't mind. And I just want to ask you, just first of all, man, what we, we do this, do this here. We, we celebrate baptism because we celebrate new life. And we celebrate relationships that have begun with the kingdom and with God and people coming to Christ. And that starts with this. It starts with the saving knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus in, in your heart and life. And so this morning, if you haven't surrendered your life to him, if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, you know what the day of salvation is for us today? That don't know him, it's for right now. It's for today. Today is that day. So if you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord, maybe you, you've been in church a long time. You're like, man, there's some things I'm holding on to. I need to give him my whole life this morning. Let this be the day you surrender everything over to him. You give everything over to him. And his heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Fast you, just say this, say, God, let's give him my whole life. I don't want to hold back any area this morning. I want to give you everything, Lord. I want to surrender all to you, Jesus. I give you my whole life, Lord. And this is how much he loves you. Pastor Bill was speaking about the love of God earlier. Scripture says that he loved you so much that he steps out of heaven. We were singing it this morning. What a beautiful, oh man, beautiful song of the gospel. That Christ suffered for you. Came a man of sorrow took that upon his back, his shame, the sins of the sword upon himself for our salvation. So today, salvation is here for you. And if that's, that's you, if you just say, man, yeah, I, just, I, I prayed that. I just want to give my whole life to him today. I want you in just a moment, we're going to open up this altar. I want you to come. And I want you to stay where you're at. I want you to get public with that this morning. This morning, don't stop there. But also, I feel this morning, man, there's some, listen, God's wanting to build something in you. He's wanting to use you in a way. And again, there's more to you than what you realize. There's more there than what you realize. More giftings, more callings. A worker and a warrior. 
Whatever today, Lord, if God's calling you to build something for him, you sense that. You sense a calling upon your life in a certain area. This is not saying, I got to be a full-time this or that, but I want to be full-time for Jesus. I want to give him everything. I want to build what he's called me to build. This is individually first. Corporately, we're going to come together as a body. Close this series out in prayer. But individually right now, if that's you, say, God's called me to build something great. Just begin to right now say, God, I want to give you everything that I have. Give me all that I need. I, I want to build and battle, Lord. I want to work and war. I, I, in the face of opposition, I don't want to quit, Lord. And I need your spirit. I need your grace to do this. He'll do that in your life right now. Yeah, he'll do that in you. He'll build something great. For some right now, it's a rebuilding process. It's a rebuilding process. It's a marriage, family, your life, your relationship. It's a rebuilding. These principles apply to every step and phase of life. So whatever it may be, this is a day where you say, God, I give this to you right now. I give this all to you, Jesus. Yeah, I give this all to you. If the Holy Spirit, he's spoken to you in any of those areas right now, I just want you just to lift up your hands to him. If you've surrendered your life, if you're stepping in, you want to step into your call, you want to see something rebuilt, just lift up hands to the Lord right now. Yeah, there should be many, many hands because there's many phases to that. Amen. Just right now, just hands raised, hearts open to him. I just want to pray over you where you're at before I call us all together. That's you, just Holy Spirit. Yeah, just, just lift it up. Say, God, I want, to, I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to build what you've called me to build. I want to surrender my life to you. I need rebuilding. Father, I speak blessings over your people. Let them see the vision. Surround them with those to help make that happen. Let them stay on the wall until you complete it, Lord. Speak that blessing in Jesus' name. I want to do this if you don't mind. As we close this service out, I want to thank Adam for coming up. I just, I would love for as many as can gather and just pray, just as a family, just as a family. You can kneel if you like, but I love for us all to come together, you know, again, if, if you can. And I want us to end this series when you pray, by you praying. Amen by us praying and by us doing that together. So again, you can be a first-time guest. You can be a faithful part of this church. But if you believe in the power of prayer, I want to invite you to come and just fill all this front. So guys, if y'all want to lead the way, if y'all want to get the front row filled, and everybody just fill in, just as a family, you can stand, you can kneel, whatever Holy Spirit leads you to do. But I just want us to pray together. Adam, what you singing, man? Whew, that's good. That was good. God, we just want to look to you. And that's what we want to do right now during this time. So just during this time, if you would, just gather. Let's just pray. Let's close this series out. We're not going to close out prayer. We're going to close out this series together in prayer to the Lord right now. So again, standing, kneeling. And I want you to do it this way first, if you would, if you don't mind. Just pray, first of all, individually, you and God. Just come before him. Bring him whatever you need to bring him. Lay before him whatever you need to lay before him. Ask him to touch your heart and life individually. Then once you're done there, I want you to just pray for those that are around you. Can, and can we close together as a body in prayer together? It's when you pray. God moves. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.